Wow, yeah, beginning of the new year. Who's been, like me, taking down the Christmas decks and going on a mad declutter? Is anybody like me or am I just weird? Okay, Simon, yes, there's a few of you. I love putting the Christmas decks up, but I love taking them down because it gets to that point, it's like, oh, it's just too much stuff everywhere. There's too much clutter. And so Glenn has to put up with me every year. I go, I turn into this mad woman and I start clearing out cupboards and drawers. And, um, you know, he said, oh, you've got all this stuff under the cupboard here. It needs a clear out. Well, do you know what? When I got it all out, three quarters of it wasn't mine. And it's now in a pile in the dining room. And I'm like, that's got to be sorted and it's going to stay there until he does. And he's promised me, he's promised me he's going to sort it. But yeah, that's me. I, I don't know why I do it. I, it's a habit. It's something I've always done. I think it's symbolic of new beginnings. And I always love the start of a new year. I love new beginnings. I love that being able to turn the page and start again. And I think it's symbolic of 2020 having, I don't know, something different about it. It's got a ring to it, hasn't it? 2020. New opportunities, new people to meet, new places to go. The new things that God's got in store for us because he's always doing that new thing, isn't he? So I'm looking very much forward to the new this year in 2020 because to be quite honest, I was over 2019. Somebody even said to me this morning, oh, I'm glad it's gone. Because in 2019, I don't know, but December was crazy, wasn't it? You could feel the tension in the nation. You could feel everybody going, oh, I just want this to be over. You know, we had, we had clamoring voices. We had confusion. We had uncertainty coming up to that election period. And I think it was just draining people out. And they felt like they were limbo, in limbo land, powerless, you know, felt like we can't do anything until this has been decided and this has been done. So there's, there's been a sense of release, I feel. Even when I'm talking to a few people, they've all said, now I feel like I can get on. I can progress. I can move forward. I'm going to put my house on the market. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So 2020, it does feel like the year of the new. It's a new decade. Um, it's sort of been a bit of a a tradition that um, I come with a word for the year and I think it's because traditionally at the beginning of this year I sort of got into this habit of saying God I need something from you this year what what can I stand on is there a directive is there an instruction is there a command for me this year is there something that I need to focus on this year and out of that it sort of overspilled is that I bring it to you guys so I'm going to bring you the word word that God gave me this year And I'm just going to say, it might not be for you, all right? So I'm not saying this is a blanket word for everybody and you have to do this. What I'm saying to you is this, this is what God's given me. Is there something that you can take away from this word for you in 2020? You're probably going to have to go away and ponder. You're probably not going to be able to answer some of the questions that I'm going to ask you just like that. You're probably going to need to go away, get some time by yourself and think, Okay, what was Kathy saying? How does that apply to me? Is that something that I can use this year? So the word that God gave me for 2020 was to live intentionally. 
to live with intention, to live with purpose. To practice intentional living, I've been pondering this. God gave, me, gave it to me two weeks before Christmas and I've had to keep going back to it to really understand what he was saying. And I think to live intentionally means that we have to have made some decisions about the things that we want to change, the things that we want to achieve, the things that we want to aim for. Because if you fail to plan, as the saying goes, you plan to fail. And I don't think that 2020 is a year of playing poo sticks. Anybody played poo sticks? Yeah? It's nothing to do with poo, all right? By the way, well, it is to do with poo, but it's nothing to do with that sort of poo. All right, some of you are going, you know, you don't know the story about Winnie the Pooh. Just the whole word poo, I can see, makes you laugh, doesn't it? It's like, perhaps I better not talk about poo. Okay, poo sticks without the poo. Poo sticks is a game, and it's in the book about Winnie the Pooh. And they go to a bridge, and they take a stick, and they chuck it over one side, and then they run across to the other side of the bridge, and they find their little stick, and they see where it starts to go. And the current picks up that little stick, and sometimes it's going merrily along, and then suddenly it gets stuck on the side of the riverbed. I don't think that I want to live my life like that. I don't want to, I don't want to live with my days being thrown over a bridge into a current of random wherever it's just going to go. I don't want to live this year in a K-sara-sara mentality. I believe that actually God wants this year to be intentional. I believe that he wants us to chart a course. So, intentional living is about making the decision every single day to live the life that you want most, to live your best life. 2020 is for living your best life this year. So in order to do that, we've got to take time out. We've got to do the Jesus thing. Get in a boat and go somewhere. Get away from the people. Get away from the noise. Get away from the social media. Get away from that phone. Get away from everything. And it's surprising, actually, how much noise we get in our life, how much clutter comes around our life and and I think just to get away from all of that and to ask ourselves some questions. You see, it's so easy just to keep doing the same old, same old, to get into that routine of life and the days disappear and the months move on and the years go past in a flash. And I think we've all said in a preach at some point, you've said it, Manuel, I've said it, you know, if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, we're going to get what we've always had. And we have to do something different to change that. And to do something different means to do it intentionally. There's a scripture in Psalm 90 verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days. In the New Living Translation, it says, teach us to make the most of our time. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says this. He says, so then, take heed. Listen. That you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as those who are wise, redeeming the time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Many, many years ago, I heard a fantastic preach on redeeming the time. And I can remember that in the Greek, that word redeem meant to buy 
back, to buy back, to rescue from loss. We need to rescue from loss the time that remains in our life because every day is precious. We need to be living that best life now. We need to be living in the now and in the present because we can get get so looking to when this happens and when that happens and when that happens. No, 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 no. Live in the present. Live in the now, but live intentionally. Some guy, I don't know who he is, but I liked what he said, Harvey McKay, said, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you never get it back. You never get it back, do you? You know, last year I took several funerals and I I always count it as a privilege to help people, to say goodbye to the people that they love in their life. But every single time I'd step out of Hastings Crematorium, I'd step out, I'd put my face to the sky, I'd feel the sunshine, I'd feel the rain, or I'd feel the wind on my face, and I'd do this. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me this day. Because that person in there has no more days. That person in there can't make any more decisions. Their time has gone. So thank you, Lord, for this day. I look in the mirror. I know I'm aging. All of you are aging. Or has anybody found the secret to longevity? I don't know that I'd want to live forever. I don't, you know... You know those people that they go and I don't, they, they arrange for their bodies to be frozen or put in space? or I don't know. I, I don't think I want to do that. So I, I know that when I look in the mirror, I'm aging. My body doesn't work as well as it used to. And I've told you the story about how my son Andrew, when he was about three, sat on my lap, put his little hands on my face and looked at me and very seriously said, Mummy, I don't want you to get cracks in your face. Well, I'm sorry, Andrew, it's happening. It's happening, especially if I turn the magnifying side of the mirror over. That's scary. But instead of complaining, and I know we have to work on this a little bit more, but instead of complaining, I've decided that life is a gift and the giver is good. And that actually some people don't have the luxury of life because their life has been cut short. So actually... Aging, it's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege. So let's make our days count. Let's not waste them. by. Let's decide that we're going to invest in our tomorrow by living intentionally today. There's a film that came out a little while ago. Um, Morgan Freeman, Voice of God, and Jack Nicholson. And it was about two guys who met in a hospital and they were terminally ill. I don't know if anybody saw this. But they decided to make the most of the rest of the time that they had left to live intentionally and they wrote a bucket list anybody saw that saw that film the bucket list yeah and it got really trendy actually suddenly everybody's writing bucket lists and I didn't do that because actually I didn't want to think about dying so (laughs) I, I, I didn't do it but yeah they did this bucket list it was everything that they wanted to do before they kicked the bucket and I have no idea where that expression came from but if anybody knows please tell me because it really intrigues me I don't think we need to wait until we're told by somebody that we've got X amount of time left in our life to actually decide 
what is important in our life today. You see, as I thought about living intentionally, I came to the conclusion that it means distinguishing the difference between what is important and what isn't. Because not everything that cries the loudest in our life is the most urgent thing. And too often we find ourselves majoring on the minors. And I know I do this a lot. I know that I can really get stuck on something that isn't important, but I make a drama about it. And I think this year, part of my intention is to not create dramas over the small stuff, not sweat the small stuff. Because in the whole scheme of life, does it matter? Am I putting my time and my energy and my emotion into something that actually really doesn't matter? Can I step back out of the picture and go, do you know what, God? I don't know. I'm I'm just going to leave this one to you this year. I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to stand back and I'm going to take my hands off the whole thing. And I'm just going to say, you have your way in this. So living intentionally this year, what could that look like for you? What difference would that make in your life? What is important to you right now? And where does the focus of your life need to be? I was spent quite some time with somebody over Christmas who said, I'm resetting my life. They've had a major change in their life. And they said, I'm going to recalibrate my life this year. Glenn hates it when the sat-nav woman recalibrates. You see, you see, she stops talking. Oh, she's stopped talking. And the hands go off the wheel. Oh, like this. Oh, and he starts getting really agitated because the woman has stopped telling him what to do. I find that actually quite funny. But, but when she goes, what's she doing now? You know, I have that thing that she is part of the sisterhood and I have to defend her. So I say, she is trying to save us. Leave her alone. Give her space. Let her have a moment to think. She's not trying to send us on a wild goose chase. She has our best interests at heart. Maybe she's got to recalibrate because we've gone off course a little bit. We've taken a wrong road. We've taken a wrong path. I did that with my family once. We, I, I drove my parents out to a, a restaurant out at Selmerston, and it was very dark at night. And uh, we came out, and... Um, <laughs> I'm at the wheel, and I thought I knew where I was going, okay? But I'm driving along, and I can't recognize the road that I'm on. I hadn't gone very far out of the hotel. And then suddenly I hear my dad say, I go, where are we? He goes, my dad goes, I think we're in a field, Catherine. <laughs> I was like, and then I got the hysterics that I'd driven my, my parents into a field, and there we were in this field, and I had to find my way out of this field. Have you ended up in a field in 2019 and you don't know how you got there? Did you take a wrong turn somewhere and that this, this year in 2020 you need to actually backtrack, go into a different gear, turn around and intentionally find the way forward, the way out, the exit, the way onto the main road of life again? I wonder if that's you. So to recalibrate... So look at the different areas of your life, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, the financial. What needs your attention this year? You see, it's too easy to just run into the new year, isn't it? And just keep running. You're on that hamster wheel already and actually haven't time to stop 
pause, think, reset, recalibrate, do stuff on purpose this year. Whatever, whatever those things are in your life, that I think there is one thing that is the same for all of us in here. And that one thing is that we as Christians, our aim, our chief aim is to live our life with Christ. There's a runner. There's an escapee. Who's going to catch him? Daddy is. Yay! Okay. So our chief aim is to live our life with Christ. And surely this year, one of the things that we have to make that decision on, really, is to live our life with Christ at the centre, at the centre of everything that we do. We need to be intentional in staying connected to him. And I'm going to pull out John 15 verse 4. It's in the New Living Translation. Um, It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. The older versions say, abide in me and I will abide in you. And I was thinking, what does it mean to remain in him? I think it means to actively be pursuing a relationship with God and deepening that relationship on purpose. There are some people in my life in the last few years, and I think I spoke about this one year, was as I spoke about iron, sharpening iron, there were some people that I got around on purpose. There were some people that I I rang up and I said, I feel God has said to me this year that you're to be my iron. Is that okay? Can we do coffee? And thankfully they said yes. And so there were some people that I aligned myself with because I knew that they were good for me, because they sharpened me, because they helped me to come up, step up to a new level. So to remain in him is to build that relationship. One of the things that I, I have really purposed for me this year is that I really want to hear God's voice. I want to know his guidance in everything that I do. I want to be so attuned to God this year that I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit over the din of the noise of the world, over the clamor of voices, over all of those things that are competing for my attention. I want to have my ears attuned to hear what God is saying. And more than that, I want his wisdom for my life this year. Do you? Do you? In the book of James, it says that actually God's wisdom that comes from heaven are these things. God's God's wisdom is pure. It's peace-loving. It's gentle. It's willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy. It's full of good deeds. And it shows no partiality and is always sincere. I want those qualities in my life this year. I know I'm probably going to have to work at some of those as God gives me wisdom. I know that my flesh may fight God's wisdom. I know that sometimes when God tells me to do something, I'm not going to want to do it because I don't want to, because I've got a better idea and my emotions are perhaps getting the better of me. But I have to this year stop, pause, listen, and then do. That's my intention this year. 
So to be intentional in knowing God and growing in God might mean for all of us that we need to give him more room in our day. It's so easy to fill up your diaries with the clutter and the things that you have to do. We've all got to manage our time. We've got to manage our relationships. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to work to bring the money in. We've got to do all of that and that takes time. But I think one of the things that perhaps we could intentionally be doing this year is working on our inner life, bringing order to our inner life, into your private world. What's your private world? Your private world is you in here. It's the thoughts that you think. It's who you are. It's how you manage yourself on a day-to-day basis. That's what your private world is. I've got a book at home and um, uh, I think it's called Restoring Your Broken World and it's by Gordon MacDonald and it's something that I've just picked up again because it is so good. And Gordon MacDonald says, if my private world is in order, it will be because I have courageously confronted the messiness of my ways of living and chosen to bring them under rigorous discipline. I'm going to read that just again for you. (laughs) It's too good for you not to miss that. If my private world is in order, it will be because I have courageously confronted the messiness of my ways of living and chosen to bring them under rigorous discipline. Wow. That word discipline. I was talking to a friend this week and we both admitted to ourselves that we have eaten a bit more, haven't we, Glenn? We have. And my friend had eaten a little bit more over Christmas, more than we would normally eat, eaten stuff that I don't normally eat. I don't eat Christmas pudding every day of the year. I don't eat Christmas cake. Um, I eat quite a lot of cheese because it's one of my favorite things and, of course, the chocolate. And you just do that at Christmas, don't you? But we both said it was time to actually bring some discipline in, to bring our lives back into order. There are some of you here, and there's a couple of people that um, I was particularly thinking of, and I wasn't going to name names, but there are some of you here that last year you made um, a very, very specific intention to improve your health. And so there are some people that this year, a year on, are smaller than what they were last year. You actually notice their shape changing. Think of one person in particular. And for those people, I, I know that it, um, it's required a lot of discipline, purpose, persistency, and consistency. And there have been times when I have said to those people, oh, do you want one of these cakes? And I've looked in their eyes, and I've said, I haven't done it on purpose. I've just liked being kind and offered them a cake, not thinking. And I've seen the struggle and they've seen that I want to, I really want that cake. And I've seen, I've seen the battle going on in their, in their eyes and in their, in their mind. And, um, and then they've said, no, thank you. Just no, thank you. You haven't even explained. And then I've remembered, oh yeah, they're doing the healthy thing. They're really trying. And those people are half, half the the person that they were. And I admire that because I don't know whether I've got the same sort of discipline for that. So in the course of the discussion about being disciplined, my friend reminded me that the word disciple 
comes from the same root word as discipline. And to be disciples, then we need to be disciplined. We need to be disciplined in the things that we put in our everyday life. We need to be intentional, but particularly about our spiritual lives and being connected to God. But being disciplined isn't easy, as I said. My friend said, do you know what, Kathy? Do I want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym? I've been doing it, she said, for the last 30 years. I was like, wow. She said, sometimes I don't want to push the duvet off because it's cold. Sometimes I am really tired, but I know that I need to do it. She actually took me once to the gym. She told me I needed to go. I went once and never again. It was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And now I think if I've been up to the co-op twice in a day, I've done my exercise. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, I just, just wasn't for me. Hebrews 12:11 says no discipline seems pleasant at the time only painful but it produces a harvest of peace and righteousness for those who've been trained in it are there some things that you know in your life that you shouldn't be doing that's quite a question isn't it ooh you can feel it can't you Ooh. Don't make me feel guilty, Kathy. Don't make me feel guilty. I'm not. I'm not making you feel anything. I'm just asking you a question. Are there some things that if Jesus walked in the room right now and asked you that question, what would you say? This is getting uncomfortable now, isn't it? Oh, I can feel it. It's like, oh, is she going to move on? <laughs> Come on, let's move on. Let's have another joke. Let's have another story. Oh. If you're feeling that feeling in here, are you going to do something about it this year? In 2020? Are you going to bring that thing in alignment with how God wants you to live your best life? Because if that thing is producing something in here and it's making you uncomfortable, then that's the Holy Spirit giving you a nudge. That's the Holy Spirit just bringing his conviction of, that's, that's not the best, is it? That's not your best life. That's not the life that God wants for you. And it's a struggle, isn't it? It's a struggle. Even Paul said, I do what I know I shouldn't be doing. And I don't do what I know I should be doing. But there are some things, there are some things that are really, really important. There are some things that if we keep doing them, we will have no peace. And it doesn't matter how much we fill our life with stuff and it doesn't matter how many days out we have. It doesn't matter how many ice creams we have and it doesn't matter how much time we spend with our friends who make us feel good. If we don't deal with that one thing, I wasn't even going to say any of this. Do you know what I mean? It's not in my, this is not in my notes. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But if we don't deal with that one thing, that one thing, 
that one important thing will overspill for the rest for the rest of our life. It will color, it will infect, it will pollute. It will keep us out of alignment. It might keep us disconnected from God himself. Because God's saying, come on. I'm not going to do anything else in your life. I'm not going to open doors for you unless you deal with this one thing. This one thing. Because this one thing is crucial for you in 2020. There's a decision to be made now, early on in 2020. To go away and go, God, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And I know you're not happy with me on this. And I know I need to change. I think it's decision time. It really is decision time. What we sow today, we will reap tomorrow. And that is God's principle, isn't it? Sowing and reaping is not something that's gone out of fashion We still do it. It's a godly principle that what we sow today intentionally, we will reap tomorrow. If we take care of the sowing, God will take care of the growing. Because it says in Galatians 6, we will harvest what we plant. You know, I want my life to produce a good harvest. I want it to be fruitful. Do you? I want those good things. I want those things that I know that God has for me. Because God has some plans. And sometimes we can't move into that next thing until we've dealt with that thing. That's a real word for somebody here today. You won't be moving into the next thing until you've dealt with that thing. And I think some of that uncomfortableness that we had earlier on was because we know when we're in disobedience, but there's a flip side to that. There's, there's that flip side of when we are aligned with God and when we're walking in obedience to him, he can open doors. He can bring those new things. He can do things that you can't even think about. You can't even imagine those good things. When he just suddenly does something like that and you go, how did I get here? I never, I never thought last year that I'd be here this year doing these amazing things and having this miracle in my life. I'll finish with a story because I'm going to wrap up in a moment. Last year, I met with a friend, and she was one of those friends that that God divinely uh, um, put me with. And I say divinely, because I do believe that God brings those people. But there's a flip side to that as well. There are some people that, that somebody else may bring in your life to distract you, to take you away from the things that you've intended. Think about that one. But this, this friend of mine, I met up with her early last year, and she's like, have you got your word for the year? And I said, yeah. And I explained, and she, I said, what's your word for the year? And she said that her word for the year was to get her house in order. And it meant her physical house. And so she'd started clearing, decluttering, streamlining, getting everything efficient. She got into Marie Kondo. Anybody had a Marie Kondo? Yeah, you'd be Marie Kondoing your, your drawers, if you know what I mean, the, the rolling and, and everything. Just getting our house efficient. And every time I went there, it was different. And uh, I was like, wow, you've, you've really gone the whole hog on this, haven't you? You've, you've just done it. And she's like, Kathy, she said, there's been times this year when I've said, oh, God, 
is this all I'm doing in my life? Is there not another purpose for me right now? What? God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Get your house in order. Isn't there anything else? No, get your house in order. And God didn't leave her alone uh, until she she was really breaking the back of that and and really doing it. And then three (laughs) three quarters of the year later, her husband, out of the blue, suddenly says, I think we need to move house. And she was like, yes. Oh, God, that's what it was all about. Because God knew that he had plans for her. And he could see ahead of time. He can see ahead of time in your life. He can see what's down the road. You can't. You can't see around the corner. You can't see down, down six months down the line in 2020. But he knows. And so the things that he's asking you to do, the things he's talking to you about now are for your future. Yes? Yes? Isaiah 30 verse 21. I think if we stay connected to him... And we stay in tune to him. We'll hear him. And I believe then we'll understand him when he says, it says in Isaiah 30, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should walk in it. Whether to the left or the right. This is the way you should go. I think this year it really is about being God-directed. Being God-directed and deciding to do that. We can decide at the beginning of this year, we can set our intentions. We can decide to pick up our Bible and read it. One of the things I decided to do was I put a a new um, devotional app on my tablet and then I moved it to the front of the tablet so that I could see it uh, first thing in the morning when I have my cup of tea. Decide to make room for God in your schedule. Decide to feed yourself every week with good stuff, the good spiritual stuff. Decide maybe this year that you're going to come with us to Empower Conference uh, where we get great teaching, where we, we come away feeling refreshed and built up in our faith. But decide, set an intention this year. When you go away from here, make that great decision, make that great decision to make 2020 your best life. Amen.